Well, it's been a rough week uh, to start June here. Uh, not only is Orange County sitting with a goose egg for the month, uh, they probably should have at least three points, if not more, uh, looking at the way the matches have shaped up, those two matches so far. We're going to talk about that. We're going to sort of share our frustrations with y'all, so hope you're ready for it. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club and sort of vent a little bit here because, you know, the highs of that intro of a championship, and now we're in this weird struggle that this club is going through. Um, Dylan, uh, let me bring Dylan on. Let me introduce everyone. We got first Dylan, uh, formerly, I guess, of Countline Coalition. Now he's sort of a ESPN Plus fan. I don't know how that works. Uh, Dylan, but um, is this just a, a, a small struggle here or, or are you right? You've been sort of saying all season, it's, it's more of a season. Regret. But how are you doing Dylan? Sorry. I would like you to know that I was actually in the County line coalition this weekend. Um, Sorry. Wow. Well, no, just saying that you, we'll had, to, you had to witness that you had to witness uh, what you saw this weekend. Sure. Um, um, Nothing against Caroline Coalition, of course. Yes, this is what happens when you play hoofball and you fail to um, replace the most important aspect of hoofball. And I'm I'm doing pretty well. Um, I am well. I have got a weird setup going on right now, as I am currently deskless. Um, but no weird grandma's house, and um, here to talk some footy. So you're not, you don't have like a, a wolf in grandma's clothing somewhere back there at grandma's house. Um, let's uh, go south here to San Diego. Uh, we replaced you last week. I don't know if you noticed, um, Alan, but our, our guest last week was Larry and he said he's the better beard. Uh, but our bearded uh, co-host here, Alan in San Diego, how you doing, my man? I am doing great. I'm sure it was a better podcast with, with him on it. Um, yeah, school's done. Uh, it's election day. I got my, I got my, I voted sticker my i voted sticker is better than your i voted sticker um because mine has a is is like pride themed uh so we vote i voted today so hopefully everyone did if not go register you got the general election coming up in november it's never too late to start thinking about that never too late to start thinking about uh the future of politics um let's go north now and a little bit west to reno and mr brad uh, let's see. Oh, he's got his ballot. I guess that means you're going to mail it at some point or. Yes, All indeed. Right. Oh, Good I, was just, I, was, I was just bouncing off of uh, I w- you. You stopped talking. Uh, I was just bouncing off Alan. Uh, it's important to vote uh, Underwood. And uh, yeah, um, 
My lord. That, act, act, that actually is my middle name. Wait, I thought really it was Adorn. Yeah, exactly. I'm Adorn. Alan Adorn Underwood. For those of you that do not get that joke, you're going to have to go back a couple years and look at something Alan wrote for our podcast. To Is that what it was from, Alan? It was from something you wrote. It, oh, oh, it, was it never on went the public. Team site. It was on the team oh, site. Oh, it was on the team yeah. site. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. Oh, fun stuff. Uh, Mr. Adorn Quinn, uh, former player for Orange County Soccer Club. Hey, we have a, a fifth member of our show tonight. We're going to welcome her on. First time joining us on the podcast. Uh, and what, uh, now almost a year being a fan of Orange County Soccer Club. And that's Taylor Brown Duncan. Taylor, uh, welcome. First time ever to our podcast. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here for the first time. Maybe not the last time. That'd be cool, too. Oh, you know, it, it's it's. If you've noticed, uh, you know, we before we went live, I was sort of joking, you know, Dylan, you know, has been here since day one, can't get rid of him. If you've ever listened, Alan just sort of joined because he opened a, de- a bag of Doritos on the USL show and we welcomed, welcomed him on and he's stayed ever since. Brad was our chauffeur for Dylan and I when we went up to Reno and uh, when Reno went bye-bye, we welcomed him onto our show. So, I mean, obviously you could tell uh, we welcome people on and, and we don't kick you off as long as you want to spend some time doing that. So awesome. Um before we get into talking about some matches, Taylor, I just want to just give you an opportunity to share, like, uh, you know, how you became an Orange County uh, soccer club fan and uh, how has that uh, life been for you? you? You came at a great time, but it's probably been crazy, you know, championship and now whatever this is with yeah, the team. Absolutely. We, we'd been living in Irvine for about a year, my wife and son and I, and we were on Hulu one night, Orange County. Soccer club came on Hulu, like on the ESPN plus bar. And we were like, oh, how odd. It says Orange County. Does it mean here? Uh, and we clicked on it and it really was. And it was in Irvine. So we were like, well, well, we have to go. Like I grew up playing soccer my whole life. Weston, he's in soccer. So we were like, let's, let's go to games. <laughs> and then we uh, just kept going and going. And then they won the championship. And then we started still going and going this uh, season and we're not winning the championship, but we're here. <laughs> hey, hey, there's still a chance because this is not like most soccer leagues around the world where you, you know, win the regular season and you're champions. There's that you sneak into that bottom spot of the playoffs and have a magical run. You can still be champions this even with the struggles. True. This is true. I, I, I want to ask you another quick question is, you know, uh, speaking for the show, you mentioned you're from from Scotland. Um, how is is it weird saying soccer? Uh, when you're talking about the game or have you gotten used to it uh, uh, it now? It was definitely a weird thing to begin with. And I think it just became so like ingrained in me to say soccer now because everyone would just look at me with googly eyes, you know, when I, when I, (laughs) Um, but like, even now, like when I'm talking to people back home and I still say soccer and they're like, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, I'm just so used to it, you know, but it's, it's fine with me. I can, I can blend pretty much wherever I am. So it's all right. Awesome. And then you played soccer uh, for some time. What position, what was your expertise on the pitch? I was, I started as defense when I was like super young, but I quickly moved into goalie because our uh, goalkeeper quit the team and nobody else would do it. So I did it and loved it and and stayed there. So I played there for uh, up until like about five, five years ago now, four or five years ago. so you were your defense and goalie. You're literally putting like your body on the line each and every time you're out there on the pitch, and uh, probably bruises to show for it, for your time playing out there. I'm a huge. I, I coach my son's team. I'm huge on defense. Yeah. That's my main focus. So I appreciate when people um, are love to play defense, love to play goalie because that's tough to find, especially at a young age. Yeah. 
Um, so let's do this. Let's talk about some matches. Let's talk about Orange County Soccer Club here really quick. There's two matches that we have to look back on um, that happened over the past week. The first one was Orange County traveling up to the pinstriped uh, grounds there in Oakland, California, as they took on Oakland Roots. Uh, Orange County uh, looked like they had this game in the bag, uh, the match in the bag. 2-1 lead going into, I believe, extra time or at least into the final uh, minutes of regular time. And somehow, some way, although probably not a surprise to anyone that's been watching the team this year, not only do they drop two points, they drop all three points. They concede two goals in the late stage of this match to see a 3-2 loss on the record books. This is a, a match that... May, what the 85th minute we're looking at okay there's three points on the road in oakland great let's take that home uh and move on to new mexico but nope we come home with zero points dylan um what went wrong in the final stages of this match uh, probably the same thing that's gone wrong all season long uh, and it's in for let me say the same thing that's gone wrong for three going on four years now which is a complete inability to defend or, or see out a match um i mean that first goal is just about as sad as it gets um just bumbling around the box and then finally gets kind of shoved home but i mean there's other things to take from this match too um kubo with maybe the saddest panika i've ever seen and probably um getting away with one with a nice little elbow to the face as well. So it was messy. Um, and as much as we probably feel like we deserve something from this game, it could so easily have been 11 on 10 and, you know, three, four, nil, Oakland. Wow. Um, Alan, your thoughts on this match? I mean, you're, you're looking at this. I don't know if you were watching live or on replay or whatever, but when you get to, you know, that last part of the match you're looking at, that that has to be three points, right? There's there's no way a team can blow that and somehow, some way they do. I mean, how is this even possible? Let me let me just ask uh, you this question. I'm just shocked about it still. How is it even possible? Because it's the USL and this thing happens all of the time. Um, we were actually interviewing Nate Miller um, yesterday. Yesterday, it feels like two days ago. But he basically says, like, it's 80 minutes of a soccer game and then it's 10 minutes of chaos. That's how games typically work and we're just living the chaos in usl a little bit more this year i think i mean orange county is for sure not the only team that is doing this uh there are quite a few teams that i mean i mean tampa bay did this uh not that long ago uh so it's just when you're throwing everyone forward and there's like tactics go out the window and game plans go out the window because Oakland's just throwing guys forward and you, you're, you're forced to defend. Um, and then you got to believe that your goalkeeper can come up with that save because he's, he's a good goalkeeper. Uh, but this is just chaos is reigning in USL right now. And as a neutral, you have to love it. But if you're on the weird end of chaos, it, it, it feels terrible. And it seems like Orange County is on the wrong end of some things right now. And the hope is that it kind of balances out in the long run. I want to jump over to you, Taylor, because you mentioned you're, you you have experience as a goalkeeper. Um, and, you know, as we saw last season, Patrick Rakowski was probably, uh, if not the best, one of the top goalkeepers for that second half of the season. 
And for some reason, he's struggling this year. And I know we've talked about on the show uh, lack of uh, defensive experience and cohesiveness. Do you see anything from what you know as a player and you, you know your analytical minds on this that uh, is different for Patrick this year than it was for last year, as, as far as you could tell? Or is it is and is there something maybe just when you get in that mental state, it's hard to get out of? Yeah, last year he was definitely like on top of his game. He was playing like uh, and making saves or like Premier League status for me. Like I was like, it's unbelievable to me that he's in USL. Like I was like blown away with his performances this year. He's had some like slips here and there. Um, I think that he's struggling with like the new team. Like it's, I think it has an effect on everyone. Like if you're not with the same guys and getting to get into that rhythm with everyone, then you're going to have that issue. And you can definitely see with the back line being so weak like a lot of his goals, he, he's had to come way out, like way too far that like he knows like he shouldn't be doing that, but he's the last man, like his last hope. And he's just like going for it there. So I think he's probably just in a little rut from that as well. I'm hoping uh, at least this week, like the the ball that was like going around and eventually got in like that. You can't even blame him. He can't see it. He can't do anything there. Like he's just trying to like keep his eye on the ball, but with like seven players in front of you, it's pretty impossible. But I like I have full faith in him that he might be able to turn it back around and, and get more comfortable in his position again. At least I'm hoping so. <laughs> we all hope so. Trust me. We all hope so. Like what as a goalkeeper do you what goes through your mind when you're in this struggle like this? Uh, and uh, have you ever been in that situation? And what do you do to get out of it? Like, is there any way you can get out of it? I think it just comes from making that save, like one of those good saves. And then you're like, oh, see, I'm like, I'm back here. I think a lot of like I know me being in that position, I would remember like with the cases that he's having to run out. I would be like thinking about that because I've made that mistake already. I'd be thinking about that the next time. And that's almost going to take away from your reaction speed. Like you, you, that the only thing you could be thinking about is that ball. And if you've got like that, that issue going on in your head, like, Oh, should I even be doing this right now? Like that happened last time, you know, it's going to take away from that. So I I don't know how he's going to get out of it other than like some good performances from not just him, but from the team. So that I think a clean sheet would really help him. I think that would probably like really, lift his spirits some too that's one of the things like i think it was what last week or the week before i was like okay they got a clean sheet they finally got one let's see if we can go on a roll and i was really hopeful there uh you know i like to use all those other sports analogies you know if you're struggling shooting a basketball go get a layup or go get fouled and get the free throw line Um, but once you start overthinking you know any sport baseball you, you strike out like five six times in a row you're gonna just think about that it makes that more difficult um much more difficult Last season, Brad, last season, the team had the the benefit of having two first team quality goalkeepers when you had Patrick Rakowski, Abraham Romero. Uh, Abraham went on, uh, moved on, and now you sort of are left with Patrick Rakowski, a known entity for the club, though he's struggling. And then a player, I believe the backup is um, the, 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 the guy, the, the, the fellow from League One from FC uh, uh, North Texas, right? No? I Dylan's like I I always get like nervous when I'm saying stuff because Dylan starts making these faces when I'm trying to oh, remember things. I love it, right? I want to watch what, you struggle through this. What is what is his name? Uh, uh, look at that, El Patron de Grace Sons, help trying to help me out here. Uh, Shuttler. I don't know if anyone drafted him in their fantasy draft. Um, how much? How how uh, difficult is that, Brad, for the team? I mean, last year you could have maybe just sat Rakowski for a match or two and give him a uh, time to sort of clear his mind and and get back into the form uh this year you can't really do that i mean is it time to maybe uh 
let him sit and see what we got, uh, give him a rest, or, or how do we get past this? You have to find him defensive help. Uh, he's he's still making good saves. Like He's not a leaky faucet. I don't think he's the problem completely, but there's something missing there um, in terms of the back line and defense and just shutting down at the end of games um, to where he, I don't think he's the problem. Um, if we were that interested in seeing Shuttler start, he should have been starting in, uh, the open cup game against, uh, LA force and he didn't. So, so, okay. I, I, I know in the past, um, when the team was struggling, I, I'm a huge proponent of, we need something, we need to try new tactics. Right. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things when coach Brayden Clute here, uh, was was released relieved of his duties or the mutual termination of contract or whatever the the, the phrase was for that I, I was mentioning you know uh, i i needed to see some change and i wasn't seeing that or i needed to see some something crazy uh, are, are we getting to that point now with uh coach richard chaplow uh, i'll go to you alan are we getting to that point with coach richard chaplow where uh maybe he's not trying to change up i mean he's staying with his formations he's staying with the, the same key players that are available for him. I know some of them that are not on the uh, lineup or some of the changes being made are because players are off playing um, international competitions or they're injured. Um, is, is it that point where we need to see some kind of tactical change from Richard Chaplow um, at this point of the season, or can we stick with what we're doing? It's it, Orange County is like a weird spot right now. Cause it's not like they're getting played off the park, right? Like they were pretty dominant in the second half against New Mexico um, I thought they, you know, played decently well on the road against Oakland. Like, there's been, like, really good play and then really poor play, and so it's just been kind of inconsistent. I mean, looking at their kind of underlying numbers um, on USL Tactics website, they're, like, smack dab in the middle as far as expected goals for and expected goals against. Um, and so it's 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 one of those, like, I think it's just a little bit of bad luck um, and it's some tough results, um, but there's a lot to be hopeful for, right? Milan Olaski has been playing pretty well. Uh, Kubo is really starting to kind of put some things together. Um, not sure what's happening with um, Rob Kiernan, uh, but that's something that might be a answer to some of the things that have been happening. Um, it, it's it's just kind of been lacking a little bit of that, that sparkle from last season, right? Like I don't think they gave up more than one goal during Chapelo's run. If that's, if my memory serves correct and they've given up five in the past two matches, that's just not what orange County does. And so if you're trying to play kind of a defensive game and, and, and counterattack, uh, you have to play the defensive game first um, and, and keep the other team from scoring, uh, and you're really kind of like uh, one save away from rescuing a point against New Mexico. Uh, you're one save away from rescuing a point against o- Oakland. Uh, and so I think it's just been a little bit of bad luck. Uh, and the thing that I think to remind like people about is you're still only five points out of a playoff spot. So there's a that's, lot of soccer to be played. 
And that's where, you know, I know Taylor was saying, you know, it looks like we're not going to win a championship this year, potentially, but you're only five points out of that final playoff spot. And if you go on some sort of magical run from that final playoff spot, um, although it probably wouldn't be as, as wonderful as if we're entering towards the top of the table to sneak in and somehow pull something out, some magic out would be freaking amazing. Um, so hopefully that does happen. Uh, but we're, we're only five points from the playoff spot, but we're also only uh, two points and some goal differential away from bottom of the table in the West, which is unbelievable that we're saying that mid season uh, for a defending champion. I mean, that just is, is crazy, but it's the USL. That's sort of what happens. Second tier soccer here in the U S um, I'm going to open it up. Anyone have any last thoughts of the match against Oakland before we move on to the match against New Mexico? I'm seeing a bunch of shaking of head. No, for those of you that are um, not watching a video of this. Perfect. We'll move on. Um, so coming off that really, really disappointing uh, defeat uh, in the final, what, two minutes of a match against Oakland, you move on, you host a tough New Mexico squad uh, at championship soccer stadium, uh, at least for Orange County home has been somewhat decent for them. I'm definitely better than the road. Um, not only was that, they're also uh, hosting with a pride night to celebrate the month of June. Uh, you know, everyone that has listened to us knows we like to celebrate and, and support, um, you know, pride and LGBT community with, you know, we're, we're participating in the playing for pride uh, fantasy soccer stuff that we do every single year. Um, and again, against the New Mexico squad, this is a match where Orange County was losing, but had an opportunity to still a point uh, in the closing minutes, I believe even in extra time on this one too. So two matches in a row where extra time came into play. Unfortunately, Kubo with his, you know, 10 minute run up to the ball on a PK, couldn't push it past the New Mexico goalkeeper. Um, let me go to, let's go to you, Taylor. Uh, what were your thoughts overall on this match uh, and how disappointing was it to not at least still that point in the final seconds of a match, literally seconds. Yeah. Um, I think the, the first goal, I, like the penalty, I don't, I think it was the wrong call. I don't think it was a penalty, but without something like VAR USL level, like you're, you're never going to be able to fight that kind of thing. Um, it's just what it is and you just have to deal with it. So I'm sure that probably put like a, uh, lump in everyone's throat but for me there was like a lot of OCSC possession but it wasn't useful possession there was no build-up it was there was no like restarting to bring it from the back we like had it a lot but like we weren't doing anything with it and I think that's probably or anything uh I don't know good with it I suppose because we were have we had a lot of shots but it was something like barely any on target and if they were it wasn't really testing the keeper um the last couple minutes so that was extremely disappointing the, the penalty like i mean i just had a bad feeling <laughs> um torres is is finding his way a little more I'm, i still have my doubts with him and the team and like he's just i don't know he's he's a good player and has a good history but he's just he doesn't seem to be what the other guys on the team are like that the same team like bond that they have i guess like we don't have other team like players going and elbowing people you know in the face like but i mean maybe he'll mesh uh some more but um, I, I hope he does. And I hope he does find his groove with them and, and learns from this, you know, but I don't know. It was very disappointing at the end for sure. 
And and I know I was sort of bashing Kubo for not being able to finish that penalty with his super long run up, but let's 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 go back a, a thirty seconds there. Milanovski had pretty much a wide open shot on goal uh, right after uh, Kubo was taken out, and he uh, gets it right right and left. Um, Dylan, is it, can we sort of blame Milan for not having a point from this match? Should he have finished that? shot attempt is, is we've seen Milan's amazing this year. So we know he could put the ball in the back of the net. Is, is there anything to blame on him for not getting that ball in the back of the net on a wide open, pretty much wide open shot? Um, I want to say no, because he, he scores to make it two one, like a minute prior to that. And he's just finished a run and he's not at all set. Like this ball has just happened to end up at his feet. He should never be taking it and, and drags it left. Um, that, is hard to do um shooting from 12 yards come on man like kubo shouldn't have been playing this game to begin with because he should probably be one game into a three game suspension for elbowing someone in the face um he missed a number of chances and then sums it all up with the second horrible penalty in four days uh, and it's it's just too easy for Tambakas to save. Which, granted, yeah, Tambakas played out of his skin for good parts of this game, uh, but wow, just um, <laughs> someone I believe it was Jacob Young from down in the valley said that Kubo was washed when we uh, announced the signing, and I don't think he's going to catch his groove because we're nearly at the midpoint or at the midpoint of the season. And I mean. He's scored wide open <laughs> headers and penalties, and now he's struggling to do either of those two things. So, Alan, let me let me go to you really quick. You're, do you have you sometimes have some insider stuff because you're part of that USL show, so you guys got some good connections, right? Uh, any chance there's a buyback clause in the Ronaldo Damas sale? Uh, I mean, we're really missing that guy. Not just his goal scoring ability, but his energy and his just love and his passion for the game you're not seeing that uh out of someone like kubo Torch. you do see that from ugo ugo has that passion but i don't think ugo is at a point in his career where he can give you a full 90 minutes night in night out like ronaldo damas had um and is there anything we can maybe is there any blame to be put in maybe the front office for not replacing ronaldo damas if you're going to sell him bringing a similar player to that style a young energetic uh will just leave it out there on the pitch because they're trying to prove themselves type player, as opposed to bringing in a Kubo Torres, who's sort of been there, done that, um, or a Ugo, nothing against either of those players, but you know, an Ugo who, you know, I've been there, done that. They're not going to put their legs and their body on the line um, to try and prove themselves at this point. Uh I think the problem with trying to find Ronaldo Damas is everyone's trying to find Ronaldo Damas, right? Like, I think Orange County did a great job finding him, but I mean, you look at kind of the League One guys moving to Championship uh, over this past off season, right? You, you just have more teams mining League One for talent that you're you're definitely not going to get a a free shot at someone like Thomas. And also, uh, there's tons of other leagues out there that are doing the same thing, right? Like, hey, we realize that there's talent here. Let's go mine this talent, and so now you're competing with more USL teams, you're competing with, you know, MLS next, you're competing with, you know, league one is looking at, at uh, con- uh, continuing to sign those kids. Um, so I-, I think it's, it's, it's hard 
to to do that. I think Orange County does it better than most, um, especially with how much uh, money and investment they make in their academy program. Um, and that's something to be proud of. But, you know, I... I mean, Kubo's got <laughs> six goals, and one, two, three, four, five of those come in the last six matches. Like, I I think that there's a lot more positivity in Kubo and his his goal output uh, than you know Ugo has been playing okay, but his his goal uh, output looked like it was gonna take off a little bit, but he only has what three this season. Um, in 13 games, three started. Uh, his last one was uh, in the 2-2 Oakland Roots match. And so he's played one, two, three, four, five games since then with, with no goal, out, goal output. So I, I do think Orange County is missing that guy, but I think you have someone similar in Milan Lasky, right? Like you, I think we're overlooking his ability to, to recreate a lot of what he was doing in, in, He's also been putting in some pretty good shifts lately. I mean, obviously the hat trick really inflates his his goal numbers. It's you know it's seven, and so you know three of those are in one game. But you know he scores a really key goal uh, to get within one goal, and he's you know inches away from putting in a brace to level it out. Um, you know, and maybe he get maybe he takes over the uh, the the penalty kicks because I think he has that confidence to do it. So I think that there's pieces up top that are that are fine. Like Orange County is not really lacking for scoring goals uh, for a lot of the games this season. Uh, I think the issues are on on the back end. Um, you know, the the midfield maybe could be a little bit sturdier, and then I think the back line is just not really playing the dominant way they were before. Right, the Robbie Kiernan, you don't want to cross the ball in because Kiernan's going to head it away, and so it forces teams to maybe play in an uncomfortable way knowing that they can't have to keep the ball away from Robbie Kiernan. And I think that's what you saw a lot last year was that people knew they couldn't attack that way. So they're forced into plan B plan C where they're not nearly as strong and orange County is take, was taking advantage of that. Uh, so I think that the issues are more on the back end than necessarily you need a Ronaldo Damas. I think you just, you need a, another young superstar, but this time on the back end of the, of the team. Brad, I'm just going to let you talk. Um, thoughts on the match against uh, against New Mexico uh, before we move on and talk about the festivities that took place um, for that match. Ooh, I mean, I think everybody else has summed up pretty well uh, kind of where we are lacking, especially in that game. Uh, I don't really have anything more to add. Uh, I just think that this team... I, I need to see uh, Brian Oloski come back. I feel like he is a big missing piece that can at least hold down and create better opportunities. Uh, I know Miko has been hurt. I think he missed uh, last game too. Um, there's just a lot of different pieces that haven't been on the field or haven't consistently been on the field. And a lot that the team just can't doesn't have a clutch factor to it. And we need to find that. Um, we're lucky to only be five points out of playoffs. We should be talking about next season already. We we are lucky to be in that spot. But again, we're also in that spot where we're almost 
at the bottom of the Western Conference table, uh, which please, I mean, let's all send gift baskets up to Monterey Bay for being in the league this season, because if not for them, we would be bottom of the table in the Western Conference, um, which is sort of um, embarrassing as a defending uh, USL championship champion. I would hold off on those gift baskets because they just beat the best team in the (laughs) West and one of the best teams in the East uh, convincingly and are only moving up from that bottom position. But, but, but orange County is going to turn it around. This is the point of the year where rich Richard Chaplow works his magic and he finds somehow some way to get this team to play well. Um, and, uh, you know, he's going to find a way to turn Hunter Gorski and Albie Skendi into, uh, premier, uh, Premier League level defenders playing in the USL Championship, and it's going to be amazing, right? Oh well, Albi Skinny is just going to play wherever the hell he wants to go on the pitch because that's what we've determined. He's just that player that you just throw him out there, tell him go where you want and do what you want to do. Apparently, because he plays all positions somehow, some way. Dylan, have we considered that, especially after Saturday's game, maybe Albi Skinny should not be a central defender because well, who else are you going to play at central defender though? We 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 got rid of we 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 dumped Blake Malone. We have an injured Rob Kiernan. Kobe Henry's playing with the uh, youth national team. Uh, uh, Kevin Alston's not around. Uh, Nathan Smith decided he wanted to go play in League One up in Central Valley. I mean, we have no defenders to play. Are we gonna maybe sign uh, Walker Hume and have him join us back again, or Thomas Jewel Nielsen bring him back on and have? Um, Leonardo, one of those former players, have him just put him in the center. Would you rather have those, Dylan? Yeah, I would. Um, we have Josh Hoyvild, but like six years younger. Um, maybe Taylor wants to come out of retirement and and throw it back, and she can she can play in the center. Um, Couldn't be any worse than what we have right now with Hunter Gorski and Albie Skendi, right? And, and not know. being patronizing. I wouldn't want to be the, the topic of this uh, podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> well, uh, if you could not mean? chase the ball, you'd be okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, Skendi still finds a way to play. And ultimately, I mean, that's and he's either he's... Out- he's not playing middle defense. He's playing on the outside as a six-foot-five slow defender. It doesn't even matter. Defender. He lets his attacker get on the inside of him and then concedes a penalty that dubious decision or not. Why did he let his attacker get goal side of him and, and get behind him? Just pull him to the ground if you're 25 yards out and that far wide and just take the yellow or the red. Um, yeah. Well, Rob then, Kiernan yeah. would do. We saw that last year in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, and then the second one, he just decides, you know what? I'm going to go double mark this guy and I'm going to leave Chris Weehan to do Chris Weehan things. Our good old friend. Out. So um, my, my petition is Taylor to take over whatever number shirt she prefers and uh, the pressure on Taylor Dylan. (laughs) Yes, please. Her first time on the pod, you're scaring her away by saying, we want you to basically take over central defense duties for the club. I'd say Alan wants to say something. She's got to be faster than Walker Hume. I mean, that's like already, like we already know that like his feet. If they had a negative, yeah, if they had a negative speed in FIFA, he would be the one player to have that negative speed in FIFA. It'd be like a negative 20. Um, let's really quick, before we talk about Pride Night at uh, Championship Soccer Stadium, let's just look at our standings for our prediction uh, game that we do. Uh, Taylor, I don't know if you're participating in our prediction game this season, but what we do is every match, we try and predict the score of the upcoming matches. And we have 
a scientifically proven scoring method behind how that all works. And as you can see, I'm struggling and I'm now in third. I was really close to Dylan a couple of weeks back and now I've dropped 10 backs behind him. Dylan's still in the lead for the podcast people, but Dylan, we have at least four people outside of the podcast that are more expert than you are when it comes to predicting scores. Um, yeah, there's the standings. I mean, is that a surprise? Everyone here knows me. That's again, Taylor's the smartest person on this podcast. <laughs> oh, wait, Alan said that before the show started, but like, come on, man. Yeah, I if I'm in second place, if I'm in second place, like, <laughs> that's saying a lot. Well, you got you probably get your predictions from your friends over there, the USL show. Uh, let's talk about um, this past Saturday. Uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Dylan, Brad, Allen, any fan that's listening. For the first time ever, Orange County did a Pride Night at Championship Soccer Stadium um, for the month of June, which props to them for at least doing that. Uh, but And I wasn't at the stadium, so I'm going to go to the people that were there and, and enjoying the festivities. I'm going to go to you first, Taylor, because I know you were there because there's pictures that prove you were there waving flags around. Um, let me get your thoughts on Pride Night at Championship Soccer Stadium um, this past Saturday. Absolutely. I will start off with saying I think it's great that they started this year to take an out and proud stance on supporting. Um, like that's fantastic of the club. Um, with everything uh, this brand new, there's always going to be ups and downs to it. I do feel like it was a very underwhelming experience. Um, again, I'm going to preface the fact that I really appreciate them doing it. And I think that that was fantastic. I think there's a lot more to do than you know have my wife and i take pictures and wave a flag for them it was great that they had the 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 gay chorus there that was a great touch i thought that was great and they did the, the lap around but they were so quiet about it leading up um so they they had two events one night nobody knew if it was gnarly's jurassic party or if it was pride night i saw multiple people asking like which is it um, which is how we felt. We didn't even think they were going to do it the night that they said they were. Uh, they had a, a barbershop there, which was great. Um, I think uh, it was like a gender neutral bar barbershop. So that was great. They were really cool. Talked to them. I got a tote bag. That was great. Uh, and then there was a, another uh, stand there too. That was it. I will also point out that those two stands were at one end of the stadium. And then they had the Jurassic party and everything over there. I think if they wanted to do pride night, and they wanted to have gnarly have something too. It should have been gnarly's pride night. Um, even as, as an ally, if they want to have them as an ally, you know? So like, it should have been inclusive in the whole stadium. It shouldn't have just been like, we're going to have two little stands over here and we're going to tell every, everybody about it. I think it was like two days, three days max beforehand. Um, but again, I will preface that I do appreciate the fact that they tried. Um, I do think it was again, underwhelming. Yeah, and, and the, I appreciate your opinion on that. And um, yes, I mean, honestly, right, Dylan? This is something that we've, I mean, literally, we became a podcast, I think, a week before June started. And then uh, we, we you know, our second episode, we found about out about playing for Pride and Athlete Alley. And we're like, yep, let's, let's find a way to support this. And we talked about it. I mean, we're literally, literally a week into being a podcast and, and finding this out. And we're uh, you know, I, I can say, I believe for all everyone on here, I, I'm pretty certain we're all huge supporters. We're huge allies. Um, and this is the first time we've ever seen the club 
do a pride night or, or anything. We've seen players be vocal about it, but even then it's sometimes very limited. Um, Dylan, what were your thoughts? You were there also your thoughts on pride night and how do you feel, you know, from where the club has been to where they are now? Um, is there at least, uh, you know, something to say, okay, we we've taken that baby step. Now let's see it go another step further. Or uh, is this something more like, I know you see on social media sometimes where people bash corporations just for, you know, doing the generic pride tweet in the month of June put rainbow on their logo. And then once June's over, they're like, okay, let's not talk about for another 11 months. I'm not trying to get you in trouble either. Dylan. No, so don't, I, I really don't really love that. To do that. You're like, Oh, Taylor, tell us about it. And then you're like, so Dylan criticize it. Um, <laughs> I, I think um, Taylor maybe has more of a place to speak, but yeah, if this is the baby step and this is the, let's not, let's not, let's tiptoe around pride and, and pretend it's a, it's a controversial idea because we're, we're trying to get um, maybe a little more conservative an area and, ke- and keep that fan base. Like, it's not 2008 anymore, man. I haven't seen a yes on a uh, lawn sign in, in 14 years. So my hope is next year, um, instead of... Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a family-friendly word to use here. Maybe instead of throwing it together at the last moment and barely promoting it and, and you know, generic pride event, generic pride tweet, generic pride uh, profile picture and, and move on with it. Maybe next year it's integrated. Maybe next year there's actually something of a pride celebration happening. Um, maybe next year people know it's going to happen. Maybe next year they get a little more involved in the community. Maybe next year they say exactly how much of the pride merch, exactly how much uh, of the money from the pride merch is going and, and to where. Um, that's my biggest hope is, is this year, cool. They, they tried and, and maybe they realized it was going to take more work than they could put out or that they were willing to put out. And next year it's something significantly better because, you know, they, they have a thing that's read every single game that they're forced to read from the league that says that, you know, they're fine with people being proud and they're fine with having queer fans. And uh, either we can act like we're actually okay with that and, and support these people and celebrate these people or just, say nothing instead and let people uh you know figure out what you're actually about but i mean again it's not 2008 so maybe we could just celebrate pride let me um let me go to alan really quick because alan you you follow orange county and you follow san diego obviously and um i believe at least a lot of people will say san diego sort of does handles things right when it comes to some of this stuff i'm not going to say they're perfect but they at least handle some of the stuff, right? I know you look at the, this season and bringing in certain players and stuff like that. There's these uh, concerns that happen. Right. But um, what's uh what do you see that San Diego is doing that maybe orange County needs to figure out how to incorporate on their end when it comes to, uh, I mean, let's just say, you know, for, for pride night, but also just for any kind of a major social issue, because I think that's been one thing we've talked about a lot on this podcast is sometimes social issues aren't brought to the forefront by, a team like Orange County where other clubs or other sports or other people may be doing so. 
Yeah, I think there's kind of a, a couple different layers. Um, I think Ashley's right in the in the chat that like Pride merch is something that should be available all year round, right? Like um, San Diego has like a Pride section that there's you know the laundry list of of flags that are being flown in the section. It's right next to the supporters section. It, it like Pride night is is great and all like for one night, but really it should be about making sure that your stadium is always welcoming to a diverse group of people. It's not just about that one night in June or that one night in July or whenever you happen to have it. It's about trying to connect to the community year round and then celebrating that connection to the community on that one night. Right. This is the, the point where you get to highlight those things that you're doing to, and with the community. Um, I think having Colin Martin as a, as a, a voice in San Diego has been, um, <laughs> has been, you know, obviously very helpful for that, but obviously, you know, talking with Colin Martin, it's, I think he's more about now, like, I'd just rather be an athlete that this is just one part of who I am. And instead of using him as the mouthpiece for the team, I think it's important to find supporters that feel connected to the team and also from the community and allow them to put something together. Right. These, these people, we, Orange County has fans that are LGBTQ plus they are in that community. Just go talk to them. Like, how can we help you? How can we support where, where are the community organizations where like, like it's that kind of outreach and it doesn't need to be public. If, I mean, if you're celebrating it, great, but really the people who need to see it, will see it. And that's where the, the important part is like, you don't need to go and doesn't need to be front page center like hey here's what we're doing for the lgbtq plus community because then it becomes like a, a box to check it becomes hey we we did that diversity check all right next up is you know this next section of diversity and like okay well we we did uh we sent out the, uh, a message about this or you know we connected to the hispanic community because we had like margarita night like it it becomes performative as opposed to like what is actually beneficial is sometimes not always seen by everybody, but it's seen by the people who need to see it. And then you welcome them in and you show the environment as welcoming. And then it's less about, Hey, okay, we have the LGBT, we have the black, we have the Hispanic. It becomes like, we're all here together and we're, it's all welcome. And we have all these people that just happen to be part of these other communities that we get to connect with. And then we build those bonds across communities. And so like, it has to be purposeful and it, and it can't be, it doesn't have to be rah, 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 but pride night is when, again, when you get to say, these are the things we've done in our community. Here's our laundry list. Here's our supporters. And here's what we did. And here's this community. And instead of like the flags are great. The, the rainbows are great, but ultimately from July to the next May, that's when the work needs to happen because that's really when people, these marginalized communities need you to be there for them. Because Pride Month, everyone's yay rainbows and, you know, yay community. It's it's the rest of the 11 months that I think it's important that if you really care that you're out and trying to be proactive. And if I could, I think that was fantastically put. And if I could piggyback off of that and what Dylan was saying, too, that um, that you need to keep keep going with it, like the whole the whole time. And I did have a, a different point and I don't remember what it is now. I had it like a really good point. 
Oh yeah, asking and getting involved with the community. And it's not like, thank you. My wife's giving me pointers over here to get me back on track. And it's not like they don't ask in the community. They reached out to us, um, I want to say like three, maybe four weeks uh, before Pride and, and talk and like they would love our input type thing. We like got back and like we to them and we're like, yeah, like let's meet up, let's sort something out. We like brainstormed some like great ideas. We never heard from them. So it's like the follow through with it. And they also, it's not like, like Dylan was saying too, it's not 2008. They don't, it's not like they don't have places to look to see what other places are doing. You have all of these women's teams all around <clears throat> that are constantly doing things, always, all year round. Um, and it might be like just more of a stigma in the men's sports. It's not like you have at least like half your team is out and proud um, compared to like a, a normal woman's team playing soccer, which is fine. And it's something that we need to work on too as a, as a community and as a society as a whole. But they have places that they can look to build on um, for future. Absolutely. They don't have a lack of resources to do that. I, I let me just jump on here and I'm not trying to upset any and anyone. So please don't take it that way. But um, just knowing what we know, um, speaking with people that we speak around the community, around the club and all stuff. I, a lot of it, I, I think they're the team tries to cater to Orange County um, and let's not beat around the bush. Orange County is a different County compared to other counties around us, including LA San Diego County, uh, where there's maybe a little bit more support countywide for some stuff. I've, I've spoken to people that, you know, are, are I'm close with that are very uh, against sports teams taking any kind of stance, whether it's LGBTQ plus uh, black lives matter, um, you know, any, any kind of social justice movements or social movements, um, I'm not saying that's what the club should be doing. I'm not saying um, that everyone should know how to do things perfectly because I get it. It's 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 something. It's a learning experience for everyone. Um, but I, I would love to see more of a. I don't care what the other, anyone in, anyone thinks. This is what we support, uh, and we're supporting it year round, and we're supporting things year round. And again, we've we've talked about things. We you know we dedicated a whole episode to uh, you know. Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. When things happened uh, in Minnesota, we stopped talking about soccer for a full episode, um, and we sort of were a little frustrated with some of the responses that you see from stuff like that. So when it comes to things like this, um, it, it is a little frustrating when you're like, "We're going to do Pride of it, but also we're going to do a, a gnarly event, so that way we're not alienating the maybe fans that aren't uh, allies or aren't supporters of LG the LGBT community." LGBTQ and all the other, I, I believe there's like 20 acronym or 20 letters that go part of that. When I, you start learning stuff about all these, these, these letters that get added. So that's why I think you add the plus at the end, but um, it, it, it's sort of, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to speak for you, Taylor, or for anyone else in the community, but it sort of feels like a slap in the face when um, it's like pride night and also gnarly's party or, you know, it's pride night and taco night or, or whatever the club would want to do, you know, when they're doing it, you know, if you're going to do a pride night, make it a pride night, do, do what you do. I mean, we see this with um, a bunch of sports, a bunch of teams where, you know, they're making it strictly about that and, and, you know, celebrating those fans that are part of their, their fan base um, and giving them sort of that night for the, for the recognition. But you also see, you know, and, and let me say there's players on this club that are very ally uh, you know, very supportive of, of everything. We, we've talked about some of those names, some of those uh, players 
either past or present have tweeted and talked about it and supported it. And so not saying everyone, but this, it does get frustrating when some of these things happen. Uh, But let's again say they took the baby steps. Let's now see where this goes going forward. Um, And hopefully there's this forward movement that um, I don't know. I'm just talking. I'm I'm just just going on at yeah, rambling you're, you're on. You're pulling this point. a Brad, but I I did want to add. This is one of those subjects that that you you're can't here, go. Brad. Yeah, I'm still here. This is one of those subjects you can't go half, you know, half cocked on. You have to either be all in, and and be an ally, or you just need to stick with the status quo and silence there, and that's deafening in its own regard. But you can't just. You can't just half do a Pride Night, you know. This is a um, a movement that started in the late '60s with riots and and just this incredible history. You still have um, groups in San Francisco and in other areas that are of um, the LGBT LGBT. I can't English, but uh, community that still don't trust police officers. Um, this is something you need to you need to put out a, a full on event. Um, you need to you need to be more transparent. This shouldn't have been a a party for children, and then on the other side you get two booths. Um, this needed to be better. We expect better. We've always been here expecting better uh, for things like this. We're all allies. This is something that we're all super passionate about about being about being better, being welcoming. The soccer community as a whole across the whole United States has decided that being welcoming is the right thing to do. And it's about time that the team and a lot of other people are back on board with this idea of inclusivity and and just being good people and doing the right thing. And, and regardless of where you're from, like as far as country, state, county whatever uh, soccer this this soccer's a very inclusive opening sport for the most part when it comes to um stuff i i alan shaking his head a little bit i don't know what, what your thoughts are going on there but compared to some of the other major sports soccer tends to be on the the front line of, of some of the social justice movements um whether it's lgbtq plus or black lives matter or any other social justice movements that are going on sometimes um so i, I just would love to see more and, and hopefully we see that. Hopefully this is a step. Let's let's see what what goes on, and hopefully the steps are better going on um, from there. I see like El Patron de Grayson's like trying to throw like some politics on here. Let's let's worry about politics later. Um, let's talk about our playing for pride contest. There we go. The people that did submit their rosters for our playing for pride uh, month. Uh, fantasy soccer, whatever we want to call it. Uh, I know at least for us on the podcast, we uh, like to uh, make a donation based on goals or or whatever our pledge is. Um, So that will happen. I'm going to make a a donation to playing for pride based on however many points my team scores. Um, So right now I'm $21 in and hopefully it's a lot more by the time we get to the end of the month. Um, But I'm not doing great. Uh, Dylan, Dylan, man, you're on a roll. You're winning the prediction and now you're winning the playing for pride fantasy soccer uh, stuff um but let's just give it to this look at larry b larry p is running away with it at this point with 37 uh, russell's right there too but those two in the 30s everyone else is 20 or low or in the 20s or lower 
but there's our standings right now. I want to um, point out that when I came on here, people were like, oh, you're going to be the smartest Sulka person on here. I just want to point out that I have the lowest score on here. <laughs> so I, I don't know how true that statement was earlier. Do we do? Do you remember who you picked for your roster? I just, I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, I know that I had Rakowski for sure. Um, I had Kuningas, but the, like I didn't know that he was injured. So I, that's I just posted it in the chat for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. And let me see, let me see. Uh, oh, Rakowski, Villanueva, Ilovski, Kuningas, and Gomez. Because I took, uh, I wanted to go for four as opposed to five. You, you you did exactly the way I did it. Is I, I took Gomez because he was a zero and he's at least played some minutes this season. Let yep. me try and get some high scores. But unfortunately, in the past, goalkeepers have been really high scores in our in our fantasy uh, game. But unfortunately, because Rakowski's given up a lot of goals and he's not getting clean sheets, um, it's a struggle for that. So um, hopefully have, things turn around. Yeah, I have full faith in him to get me the points later. <laughs> yes. Um, Look at that. We, we're, we're, we're really late on time here, so I apologize. So what we're going to do, we have an upcoming match that we didn't even talk about. Um, who is that upcoming match against? Who's going to help me out here? Because I don't have a friend. Oh, yeah, Vegas. Vegas. On the road in Vegas. Um, let's, not even, let's not even dissect the match. Let's just predict scores for this match um, and see how things are going. I'm going to go to our uh, leader first in our prediction scores, and that's Dylan. What's your prediction for this match? Would you say dear leader? Right, yep. Brad already has it in one way. I, I already have it one. Yep. Actually, I, I think I'm gonna go with two one Vegas here. What? Yeah. What? Dylan broke the um, simulation. He, he broke it. it. This simulation is crashing as we speak. Uh, Alan, I believe you're in second place, if I can remember correctly. What is your prediction for this match? Yeah, Vegas has scored one goal in the past five matches. Um, so obviously, then they're gonna score like four against us. Yeah. Is Cal Jennings being loaned down? That's my question. Um, I am going to go – oh, it's home, and they're equally good at home as on the road, which is also just terrible. Um, I'm going to go a 1-1 draw. Very original. Taylor, hey, have, have you been, Taylor, have you been submitting any uh, predictions in our prediction game? Or I, did, I don't really? know if we could do that as listeners. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our listeners throw them in on the chats or oh, if you're oh, part oh. of the Discord, you can throw them in. But here's what you get to do, Taylor. As a guest on the show, I'm going to let you pick the prediction for me. Um, so oh. you're my official prediction person. Make sure you, you pick the right prediction so that I get some points here. All right. Um, I'm going to go. Um, pressure's on. I know because I, I I'm going to say 1-0 for Vegas. 1-0 for Vegas, Brad. Put that on there. It's on there. All right, and then Brad, what is yours? This will be the first and hopefully not the last game I'll be in attendance this season. The team typically plays better when I'm in attendance, except for when we're in Vegas. But but you got to stand will, behind the goal. I, I will be the sole um, beacon of hope in this team. 2-0 Orange County. We have to win one. Man, this, is, this means when I'm watching this game, I am cheering for Vegas, thanks to Taylor. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't have to. <laughs> well, I want – I'll tell you right now, the way the team's playing, I have probably a better chance of winning the prediction contest than um, watching Orange County lifting a trophy, at least at this point, unless they sink in the playoffs and they get in a magical run there. Um, any other soccer stuff anyone wants to talk about before we get to our random thoughts of the night? Uh, sending a wave in first place. Woo, woo, woo. Woo, woo, woo. And He's Alex correct. Morgan is costing me money because I'm 
pledging dollars per goals for San Diego Wave, and she just keeps scoring them. So thank you, Alex Morgan. <laughs> Alan's good, and, and Alan's a teacher, so we know he doesn't have bank uh, a bank account going. Um, anyone else have any random soccer stuff to discuss? Uh, we have gotten really into NC Courage, is our NWSL team. We've been watching them a lot, so go Courage. We're going to go see a game of theirs. We're going to be in North Carolina in July, and we're going to go to their one of their home games against uh, Angel City, actually. Nice. Brad. I got an NC. Oh, you're just you're pointing out. You're pointing out your. Oh, you're pointing out your scarf right there. I, I my, see what my, you're doing. My home. My home state. Oh yeah, because Brad's from North Carolina. There you go, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan, or sorry, Brad, uh, Dylan. If I get a name right, I'll eventually get names right. Dylan, do you have any random soccer stuff before we go to random thoughts? You know, I really thought I had one and I forgot about it. All right, perfect. So let's go to random thoughts. Taylor, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but we end every episode with just a random thought. It doesn't have to be soccer-related. It could be anything on your mind. Um, it could be funny. It could be serious. It could be just downright ridiculous if you want. We'll give you a chance to think of something. I'm going to go to Brad first. Yeah, so I had the pleasure while I was working up in uh, South Lake Tahoe today of uh, meeting up with this very interesting gentleman who's wearing a Schalke jacket, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a welcome back to the Bundesliga remark and um, talk to him for about five to 10 minutes. And he, turns out he's visiting America with his family, doing a trip of California. And long story short, is very interested in second division soccer, was at the Oakland Roots game on Wednesday of last week. And he was talking to me about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's a rough subject, but. He wanted to go to a game at Championship Soccer Park. Unfortunately, both the uh, NISA team and uh, Orange County won't be in town. However, he will be making it to a Fuego game in Central Valley. So the I hope NISA that team. Yes. That's what they're called Cal now. Strikers. They're called the yep. NISA team. No, does anybody really care for NISA, though? Dylan loves the Cal, Cal United Strikers. Um. Please don't. Apparently, it. Alan does because he has the scarf too. It was a it was a gift from a friend. <laughs> uh, Alan ran a thought. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers tomorrow. Uh, my we were, were going to watch it last, or I was going to try and convince my wife to watch it last night, and she vetoed that decision. So that means I'm going to watch it on my own, and I can't wait for Rescue Rangers, uh, the movie. It'll like take me back to my childhood. How does the song go, Alan? Uh, am I allowed to, or are we gonna get like? Was Just it do DFA? it off key. We don't Ch make Ch Ch Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Ch 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 Chip and Dale. Some of that like being in danger. And then there's the guy with the mustache. He's like cheese. Like yeah. I, I will say though, Ducktales was way better than Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Uh, Dylan, your random thought. If anyone happens to drive a Volkswagen and you find yourself needing a uh, new ignition, I'm your man to call. Black market ignitions for Volkswagens from Dylan. Um, yeah. DuckTales, woo-oo. Taylor, random thought from you. Well, I'll add that I do drive a Volkswagen, so I'll keep that in my, uh, in my brain. Uh, I don't have a random thought. I have a, a joke that came to me from like my childhood so that's going to be my random thought i think it's very funny not i don't really think i've had anyone ever laugh at it though um 
Why did the banana go to the doctor? Someone's supposed mm, to I say someone's supposed to say why. Why? Oh, because he wasn't peeling well. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> man, you it's 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 very rare that you get the negative from our producer taking you off the screen. It's usually me that the, that's getting booted off the screen for something <laughs> stupid I say. Um, but there you go. <laughs> well, I now I can't say my joke that or not my joke, the joke that my son, my son just celebrated his birthday and one of his friends in the card wrote a joke. I'll just say it right now. How many soccer players does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? None, because they can't use their hands. I don't know. See, I like that. Yep. All right. All right. For <laughs> Ray. For Ben. All right. Take it away. Wait, wait. Come on. We're over time. All right. So. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in each and every episode. If you listen tonight, thank you for doing so. If you want to listen again, we do this every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. I want to thank Taylor for taking time to join us. Hopefully we did not scare Taylor away for future visits with us. For our normal cast and crew, Alan, Brad, Dylan, and our producer, Andy, uh, this is the Orange and Black Soccer cast, and we are... Oh, wait. Brad's going to open the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, you got to drink your Malort. Just swig, oh, I'll just do I'll do that after the outro. I'll do right that out after. of the bottle. Go for it right now. You got to do it right now. 